0: Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th. To our grand opening party, then we're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at TheDesignery.com. Let's get it. Cincinnati Bengals took care of the Buffalo Bills 27 to 10 after a fast start on Sunday in Orchard Park, Joe. Touchdown drives on their first two possessions. Joey Burr back in the AFC championship game for the second straight year. Snowborough. Two touchdowns, 242 yards. It really, to me, though, was the Bengals' offensive line mm-hmm. story of this game, their makeshift offensive line. Joe Mixon, 105 yards and a score just dominate up front.
1: I know, and and you've brought this up, and I I understand the overall point that they bring Von Miller to Buffalo for reasons. I get that. But knowing the the Bengals have had offensive line issues at the start of the season when they had reworked it and it took some time to gel, it coming together and then it being decimated by injuries and they started three guys who barely played this year in the conditions that should benefit you, your Buffalo, your crowd is hype, this is why you fight for home field advantage. And not to get too saccharine sweet here, but DeMar Hamlin's in the building. This is the story, man. And Joe Burrow cares none of that. They don't. He does not care for any of that. Joe Burrow is an icy killer, man. And the one thing about the Bengals that I find interesting is that they find ways to motivate themselves that would make Kirby smart and Georgia jealous. They managed to turn the AFC Championship game being on a neutral site into, like, disrespect. So here's Joe Burrow after the game telling people to get their refunds. We talked about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder, everyone talking about a neutral AFC Championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. (laughs) And what's great about Joe Burrow is they can say this stuff and it's still likable. It doesn't come across as overly cocky, obnoxious or whatever. People hear that. They see that smirk and they go, damn, I like that guy. I want him to be my quarterback. By the way, Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, essentially saying the same stuff about how, oh, you know, they wanted to do this. They want to do that. We wanted to make sure that that neutral site game wasn't going to happen. So now, Gillio, they go to Kansas City. They have an opportunity to beat the Chiefs for the fourth time in a row, and I can see them doing it when you throw in the ankle sprain or the ankle issues for Patrick Mahomes. Chad Hennie can't save you all the time, dude. Can't save you all the time.
0: Yeah, Mahomes had to come back in in that Jaguars game. and Big shouts to Doug Peterson, by the way. You can't convince me he didn't have money on that game. Yeah. They're down 10. They kick a field goal with 25 seconds left to cover. <laughs> Dirty, dirty backdoor
1: by the Jaguars. Next up.
2: One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four.
1: Once again, the Dallas Cowboys showing you they are an unserious franchise in professional sports. They let Mike McCarthy be the head coach of a team that's supposed to be in some sort of Super Bowl window with a great defense. Do Mike McCarthy things at the worst possible time. You thought he couldn't top himself from last year? Well, Mike McCarthy said, hold my beer. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to have clock management problems. I'm going to come up with the worst trick play of all time to close out the game. Look, Dallas had uh, some injuries as well. Tony Pollard's out of there. But Dak Prescott is another thing that popped up again. I was a week early, essentially, Julio. The Cowboys will Cowboys, I predicted, would happen against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What we've come to find out is that the Bucs were truly bad for the Cowboys to look like their vintage 90s selves for one night. They were back to what we've typically seen out of the Cowboys against the San Francisco 49ers, who weren't flashy but methodical in the way they won that game. I thought the Cowboys outplayed them. They'd take
0: away those pesky turnovers, Joe. Oh, boy. Are you going Jeff Bezdelic on me here, I'm going full of Jeff Bezdelic on Take that 30-point run? I mean, you take it out. Sure. Okay. I, I like how Dallas' defense played. I thought... They neutralized Christian McCaffrey for the most part. Debo Samuel wasn't, a, you know, a big concern for them on the perimeter. George Kittle had a good game, and I thought Brock Purdy did enough to win the to help the Niners win that game down the stretch, especially. But, but, you know, Dallas had the San Francisco defense on its heels, mm-hmm. and the Pollard injury. You combine that with some of the play calls there and some of the situations that the Cowboys got themselves into, and well. You have the 49ers advancing to take on the Eagles, who just absolutely obliterated the Giants. All those nice things I said about the Giants and Brian Dayball last mm-hmm. week, maybe we should just transfer all of those to Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts because the Eagles, again, when I tell you, if you're about that life, be about that life, mm-hmm. see the Eagles just absolutely pulling out the popsicle on the Giants in that game and just mercilessly not letting them breathe.
1: Next up. Well, the Buffalo Bills are out of it. So what's up with Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator? Is it possible that he could be the Panthers head coach? I don't know. I'm at the point right now with the Panthers head coaching search that it really depends on what Sean Payton's going to do. Sean Payton was in the Fox set. This past weekend, I watched a little bit of it. He clearly is loving the attention. He has an interview with the Arizona Cardinals. He's supposed to talk with the Panthers or already has talked with the Panthers. You got the Broncos. You got the Texans as well. Again, Sean Payton's absolutely loving this. So once Sean Payton, I'm at the point now where once Sean Payton decides what he wants to do and if there's a team willing to give up draft picks to get him, because remember, he's still with the New Orleans Saints under contract for the next two years, then I can see the Panthers coaching search moving on provided that nicole tepper and everybody else has done all the requisite online training that they need to do to fulfill the nfl requirements the search committee yeah because you need a search committee in the nfl that's apparently a thing did they hire a consultant some backdoor channels what was it parker search firm wasn't that the executive sorry 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 parker executive search Firm. is debbie Yao on that could be i don't know supported the, by newmark yeah, but we need newmark too
0: to make sure we know the move out of greensboro uh giant one name you didn't throw in there who interviewed yesterday
1: actually yeah giants offense coordinator mike Kafka. yes now the reason why i bring up sean payton this is more about sean payton than it is about the carolina panthers mike mccarthy probably needs to get fired straight up i mean i i, I brought it up earlier the Cowboys look to be very unserious with Mike McCarthy as their head coach. There's one way to get the best out of Dak Prescott. That would probably be to hire Sean Payton. At this point, you only got you only have so much of a window with Dak Prescott, and you're wasting it with Mike McCarthy and how they go about their business. They look unprepared. They don't know what they're doing. Clock management's a problem, and it, it goes beyond the clock management, right? You know, you got to get out of bounds. Put both feet down, man. Put bo- put put both feet down. That's that- coaching. <laughs> That entire
0: sequence of the last three minutes really should be on every team's like DVD for next season of things not to do. Brutal. Absolutely
1: brutal. Next up. Number two. All right, so the Carolina Hurricanes will be back in action on Wednesday. And a lot of the Canes fan focus has been on the NHL All-Star Game fan vote. The NHL does this all the time. Uh, they basically try to goose the algorithmic platform of twitter and elsewhere with hey use this hashtag fan vote use your favorite player there was somebody i forgot where i saw it but they actually had done their own research and tally of the hashtags because you can search the hashtags and they noticed that hey marty natchez was clearly winning this fan vote by a mile if you use the metrics that the nhl says they use well they finally came out with the fan vote totals well, actually I take that back they didn't show us the van the fan vote totals they just told us who won the fan vote and it happened to be your usual suspects from your traditional hockey markets, like the Rangers. So this is this has Keynes fans up in arms. I get that, but why do you ever believe anything the NHL ever tells you? Ever. So, like the NHL Network put out a tweet today about, well, who do you who do you think should be, you know, on the All-Star team or whatever? And of course, Keynes fans doing what Canes fans do, and they fill up the timeline with it should be Marty Natches. I respect Canes fans for doing this. I think it's all part of the characteristics of what makes a Canes fan. You're constantly looking for slights. You're constantly looking for ways in which the NHL media looks down upon us. And by the way, the NHL also does this to you as well, so I don't blame Canes fans for acting the way that they act. Have that chip on your shoulder. I'm okay with that because I'm telling you right now, I'm calling my shot when it comes to the Stadium Series game. They're going to say the same thing they said in 02. When they made the Stanley Cup. They're going to say the same thing they did when the NHL draft came through town. Oh six, oh nine, 6 9 the all-star game in 10. Every single time there's an event here and the NHL is involved, they always hit you with the, wow, they did such a great job. Can't believe little old Raleigh. Little old Raleigh Mayberry really came through. I don't know, guys. Maybe that's just how we roll. Charlotte's not the only city in town that can do things professionally. Anyway, next up. The number one story of the day. We're
0: number one. We're number one. No,
1: it's not M&Ms getting rid of their spokes candies. No, 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 no. That might be trending other places. It's NC State and Carolina, the aftermath of what we saw on Saturday. Thankfully, everybody's healthy. Egos might be bruised, though. We'll explain next. Thank you for listening to the Best
0: of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete DeRuta, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people who call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691- 3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial Advisory Group.
1: Armando Baycott did what we expect out of Armando Baycott right now. I do feel and maybe this Carolina-NC State game is a turning point for how we talk about this Tar Heel squad. R.J. Davis has been one of the most under-discussed aspects of this Tar Heel season and under-discussed in the ACC in my opinion because we're focused on historic numbers that Armando is putting up and then the other focus tends to go into the What's Caleb Love doing today? Where are we on the Love roller coaster? R.J. Davis has quietly been, you like to call, the bus driver. He's certainly their best player, and we saw it again against the Wolfpack. Yeah, he was the setting force in the first half when,
0: quite frankly, NC State can't play any better than they did in the first 20 minutes of that basketball game. Certainly not with Terquavion Smith and Jarquel Joiner not really making their shots. I mm-hmm. thought DJ Burns, you know, he had the early turnover against Armando Baycott. Baycott kind of showed him up a little bit. And then he was he was pretty much unstoppable. And he was finding the right players to get the ball to. Casey Marcel was hitting his three-point shots. NC State was playing really good defense. It was a one-point game at the half only because R.J. Davis was really – being a pest and someone who was treading the water while the rest of the roster, Baycott had two fouls, so that's kind of part of the the equation there that state fans aren't talking about. It's not like they didn't call fouls on Carolina. You know, Baycott was in foul trouble in the first half of that basketball mm-hmm. game. The first ten minutes though of the second half, Carolina gets out, and I you saw more of a push from them. You saw more from Nance, yeah, and you saw Baycott after not doing that much in the first half really assert his will it's a 10 point game and then terquavion smith goes down after the hard foul from leaky black he had some numbness in his neck and his arms and that's enough for the support staff medical personnel at the smith center to take him over to the hospital you know take him across campus there and they, they were tremendous in their precaution and making sure that he was okay. They did all of the right things. Yeah, there. they did. They did. But it certainly did cast a bit of a pall on the game because you're wondering, well, what happened to Raymond Smith? Did he break his wrist, kind of like Kendall Marshall did in 2012? Mm-hmm. Did he break his elbow? Is there is there something potentially damaged um, with his neck? We couldn't necessarily tell. I get the ACC network didn't want to show that much of it, but it was kind of like. You know, his legs were flailing a little bit. Oh, yeah.
1: But And why were they flailing? Was he because he was frustrated? Was
0: he in it, pain? It was. It was, I get it, but it was tough to to discern what exactly was going on. Mm-hmm. Then you have the final time. That was 945 when he went to the floor. Nothing that happened over that final 945 was giving you any kind of indication. Carolina had won the game up to that point with mm-hmm. that asserting themselves in the first 10 minutes. Okay. Then everything else that happened after that is, you know, the key Black gets ejected. I, I'm with you. I would not have ejected him for the foul. It was a basketball play. He was not trying to hurt DeQuavion no. Smith. I think we can all agree to that. I do think there was a point, though, where you look at that and you go, if Smith is hurt, that is, that's state season. Because they would not be able to make the NCAA no. tournament without him. No. They're no. not a functional team without him. And they tried in the last, you know, nine plus. They got it but, within six. I mean, yeah, I mean they, they didn't quit. They didn't go away. But Carolina is a better basketball team, particularly at home. Yes, and particularly when State doesn't. And and that's not to excuse Smith in the first half. Smith had foul trouble in the first half. He was and, overhyped, and he couldn't quite get the flow of the game. Yeah, there was. I will say, if there's a gripe on NC State side, is he had however many drives, seven or eight. And the the foul on Leaky was the only one that they called. Mm-hmm.
1: That doesn't mean there was not another contact, but
0: that's part of the game.
1: Well, it's funny. It's funny you, you mentioned that in terms of the officiating because that was once again one of the major talking points coming out coming out because of because of, of the free throw th- disparity. Because of the free throw disparity. It. But the thing is, that's pretty typical between Carolina and State. Um, that's a Styles man. We look to say Styles makes fights, right? Well, that tends to what happened in these. You know, I like. <sighs> Kevin Keats said after the game, like, I haven't been part of a game where they had, you know, 39 free throws. Well, actually, yeah, you you have been. uh, And oftentimes it's happened at NC State, it happened at UNCW. It's happened a couple times against Carolina. And it's just the nature of, it's the nature of the beast, man. Carolina's really good at getting to the line. They've always been really good at getting to the line. This is very old school in how they're going through it with Armando Baycott. Something that Hubert Davis talked about after the game. He's like, I don't want to take a bunch of threes. Like let's take, let's let's they, drive. They let's did get take the
0: same number of threes. Carolina took eighteen. Yeah. State took seventeen. I want but, to say
1: they only took two in the second half. Yeah, though, I mean so. the
0: free throws were thirty nine to twelve. Yeah. Now I don't know how many of those are in the final. Again, those final ten right. minutes. But let's so let's throw those stats out.
1: Let's let's go ahead and understand where. The, if you understand that one team is really good at getting in the line and the other team is really bad about it on the other end, NC State's actually the worst team in the ACC in terms of free throw rate. But this is a this is a tendency for the Wolfpack. They finished 11th in free throw rate in 22. They finished 8th in 21, last in 20, last in 19, 10th in 18. This is a style for Kevin Keats. You play aggressive defense. You kind of open yourself up to having these types of things happen. But to your point about consistency, I do agree with people that go, well, wait a minute. On one hand, you're what's they're, they're playing defense on one end but not on the other. Which one is it? And this also gets into the variations of Cruz as well. Trust me. It's a little startling that I come from Cameron Indoor Stadium where I watch Duke in a slugfest over Miami where there was combat under the basket, and they swallowed the whistle. And I was okay with it because I'm very much of the opinion of let them play, okay, because more movement, more drives, more exciting basketball. I like this, okay? But then I go to Chapel Hill, and they're blowing wh- – like, I, I, for a second there, I was wondering, how long am I going to be in Chapel Hill at the rate they're calling whistles, Okay. So, those are all the things that I think those are fair criticisms and asking for consistency. Is there some sort of conspiracy? You know, Jim Jim Phillips doesn't give a damn about Carolina. All right, He ain't like that. Okay, like this. This, if anything, he was there to see some Northwestern boys. If you think about it, he was he was seeing Ryan Young at Duke, and then he saw Pete Nance in Chapel Hill. I'm kidding, but you get my point.
0: I, I think if you just take it in a vacuum and look at the free throw discrepancy, you would say. Okay, well, what happened? Yeah. And and I don't like the concept of tendencies and and some of these free throw rate stats that you're throwing out there. Because I think a lot of what State was doing was giving the ball to Burns in the post. Again, Mm -hmm. in the first 30 minutes of the game. I'm not even, I'm not doing anything with the last 10 minutes of the game. And a lot of what Carolina was trying to do was to get Baycott the ball in the post. The difference was R.J. Davis was drawing fouls, Mm -hmm. and I think they were all legitimate. Mm -hmm. Okay? I'm not suggesting they weren't. But Terquavion Smith wasn't drawing fouls. So that's where you kind of have to look at it and go, well, why were some of the fouls on Davis were legitimate and called, and then the ones against Smith not called because Smith was going to the basket and not settling for shots. That being said, ultimately Carolina with Baycott really asserting him in the second half is how they won the basketball game. Carolina had 11 offensive rebounds in this game. NC State had three. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is where you miss a, Deuce, a Dusan Mahoršage. This is where you miss even a, a Jack Clark who is a good rebounder for sure. for for his position. So I think Burns getting you know we've talked about his fitness level and he's and he has come on. He has. But it's it's too much for him to hang on in a whole game against Baycott. So you're you're asking a lot. There are more reasons to look at it than just well you know Tommy Marcy, who Carolina fans don't like, by the way. I know, as an official, uh, or Burt Smith or Jeffrey Clark having a bad day. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there could have been more control asserted in the first half mm-hmm. with Terquavee Van Smith in particular, because perhaps he's reckless on the drive where he looked like he got hurt mm-hmm.
1: because he felt like there was probably no other way to get a, to get a foul. Probably. Speaker Terquavion Smith, Kevin Keats, NC State head basketball coach, was on the ACC Zoom teleconference today and gave an update on Terquavion, who was released from the hospital that night.
2: We didn't take the court yesterday. We did a lot of film stuff, and and so I haven't been able to really get him out on the floor to even determine where he's at. I just know he's really, really sore right now. Um, I would say it'll it'll be a game time decision, um, but. You know, it's it's going to be tough because, it, you know, I don't I don't even know if he can shoot the basketball at this moment. You know, he fell on his his it was more of his um, right elbow on his shooting hand. And so, to, you know, I'll know a little bit more later on today. Uh, first thing tomorrow, right up until game time, probably.
0: Now, he he did go out on Glenwood. He did Saturday night. He did. I'm OK with that. That's fine, but you also can't now play the. He's sore. He might not play on Tuesday. Nah, buddy. If you can go to the bar, you
1: can play in the game. Nah, there's a difference. There's a difference.
2: Uh... Nah, there's a difference, man.
1: <laughs> what are you What are you doing at the bar? you hanging out. You're using the other arm to pick up right. the drink or whatever it is. Right. right. But if you're not at home, if you're if you are good, healthy enough to go out to the bar mm-hmm. instead
0: of staying at home and rehabbing or Joe. being in a nice tub or whatever else, Joe. you can play in the basketball game. It's college. I understand that. that, and that's the whole point. Yeah. If it was you or me, yeah, it's yes, it would be the struggle
1: would be real. Yeah, but this is a this is a twenty year old. Okay? No, I'm with you on that. A perfectly healthy twenty year old. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Uh, speaking of which, there's again all this periphery stuff that came through. Here's Keats on Leaky Black's foul uh, that had you know the internet blowing up.
2: I thought it was a good basketball play. I mean, I didn't I didn't think um, Leaky did anything intentional to um, try to harm him at all. I thought. It was a really good basketball play. I thought he went for the ball, maybe even tipped the ball. It just—it was ugly because you know um, he came across and basically he missed it and hit him across the head, and then obviously just the way he fell. That's
1: Kevin Keats on the on the play. A couple of things about everything that happened after that. So Terquavion Smith is hurt, and the Smith Center crowd does what a typical crowd does in those situations—they clapped when he got up. You know he's off being stretched out. People are like concerned, cool, whatever. And then they called the flagrant two on Leaky Black, which I disagreed with, and they booed it. I mean, yeah, they they're gonna boo the ejection of one of their best players, if not a fan favorite. So I'm not shocked that they booed. I don't want to get into the social media crap about the, oh they were booing Baby T. Wasn't this? Wasn't that? Whatever you find one minuscule sample and you make it out to be a bigger thing than it actually is, I would suggest you log off and go touch grass if you get caught up in those situations. And then we get to Armando Bacot, who wore sunglasses after the game, which was clearly a message intended for the Wolfpack after they had done a promotion wearing sunglasses. You know, DJ Burns and all that stuff, being cool. It's whatever. It's a fun thing to do. And initially when I saw uh, Vashti Hurt, of Carolina Blitz put out the picture of Armando Baycott like "Oh, okay he's wearing the shades he's clearly having a little fun at the expense of DJ Burns and the Wolfpack team I'm like cool I-, I am chronically online that's a problem of mine that I understood what the reference was I didn't think it was a shot at Terquavion Smith until Vashti followed up with Armando Baycott and he said this
2: minute, you saw the video Definitely. Yeah, um, also, too, I just want to say a prayer for Tequavion, too. I want to make sure he's straight. And I mean, Tequavion is a great player, cool guy, but I definitely wanted to poke a little fun at him, man. We'll see him again, too.
1: And look, man, in that situation, we didn't know what the hell was going on with Tequavion. We didn't know if his season was over, how severe the injury was, what the hell was going on other than he was in the hospital. The sunglasses probably could have waited until you go to PNC and beat him because that's probably what's going to happen. I don't know. Again, context in that in that, in that matters. I don't think I'm being overly critical telling Armando Baycott, maybe not then, maybe later, I don't know. We didn't know what the hell was going on. Kind of a scary moment. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medications secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org/nc
0: way
1: update from kansas city according to chiefs coach andy reed patrick mahomes quote worked hard on the treatment and is doing okay when he was asked about his status reed says he's gonna play and that this isn't as serious as the ankle injury that mahomes suffered back in 2019 I just remember
0: the Super Bowl where he was, and I guess that wasn't an ankle, but man, he was sl- hobbled yeah, in he that was, game. Yeah, he was hobbled in that thing.
1: He was hobbled. I know everybody freaked out. Um, the Bucks Super Bowl that they lost during the pandemic. Shout out to uh, shout out to Chad Henney, still in the league. Yeah. Did not. I, that's a name I have not thought of or heard from in a long time. I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be fine. I mean, it's entire, it's. Look, I think it got, we got further proof that Patrick Mahomes is a system quarterback after Chad Henney was able to go 98 yards on a scoring drive. I mean, he's clearly a byproduct of the system, Joe. Obviously. Clearly. I'm kidding. It's all really just uh, a very obnoxious way of saying, holy crap, Chad Henney did that? Cool. Like, I mean, if, if, that's how, if that's how the Chiefs are going to operate, well, then you might as well just give him the whole thing. They're gonna win the whole thing when Chad Henney's out here driving your team 98 yards uh, to score a touchdown. Come one, on now. One thing I did notice, and my
0: curiosity will get me here. We'll mm-hmm. see. Did you notice that Travis Kelsey had 14 catches? Yeah. Next most was Kadarius Tony with five. Mm-hmm. Five. Man, hey, man. Sometimes you gotta gotta go with the hot hand, right? Hot hand theory. Well, you know my theory about the Chiefs. And that is? When the money's on the table, they're going to miss Tariq Hill. We'll see. So we will, the money is definitely on the table
1: this we week, shall see. So we this will is, see. And this is why, ultimately, I do like the San Francisco 49ers to win it. They've got too many damn weapons. I know this is going to come as a shock to you, but Christian McCaffrey's banged up. Right. I saw uh, He has a bruise. He's got some sort of contusion, right? Uh, Pat, Christian McCaffrey is the same guy. He'll go to the bathroom. We'll get reports on, you know whether or not it came out all right. That that's that that's where we are with Christian McCaffrey. Now he's in San Francisco, we don't hear about it as much. Uh, but yeah, that's just that's how he is. It's kind of like what was it? Now that I'm seeing Chiefs highlights, it's kind of like Tony Gonzalez in a certain way. He was always battling some sort of injury or 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 you know what? Ben Roethlisberger. We always find out all the various things he was hurt by uh, when it was all said and done. But I'll say this about the 49ers getting back to them. Brock Purdy I'm not trying to make him out to be some guy that he's your future or whatever. Sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle, and the backup quarterback does exactly what you need. The Philadelphia Eagles will forever love Big Nick Energy, Nick Foles, who did exactly what he was supposed to do as a backup, and you rode through. Was it um, was it Jeff Hostetler with the Giants back in 1990? Right, comes since- Jeff Hostetler. That's right, the Hot Stepper, right. Sometimes those are your that's your moment. You ride it out and you win the big thing, and that's it. and that's fine. You'll take it. Brock Purdy showed me that he could still make big throws when necessary. I know you you like the fact that the 49ers are out there still throwing on first down. When you've got George Kittle, when you've got Christian McCaffrey, when you've got Debo Sammy, you've got weapons, and you got Kyle Shanahan as your coach who's cooking this stuff up. I thought the 49ers did a really good job of controlling the game and they sort of let the cowboys eat themselves and that's kind of how it played out can can you can you can don't beat yourself right and that, yeah that that's that's the cliche and they have a a
0: stone cold killer a kicker
1: yeah and, man. And, uh Robbie Robbie, Gold. Robbie, Robbie. <laughs> Robbie Gould's out here even getting in the way and causing...
0: never missed a a kick
1: in the postseason. He's never missed a kick in the postseason. And to me, one of the biggest plays was preventing a kick return by just getting in the way. Knowing where to be to fall over and stop the guy. I forgot who it was for the Cowboys who could have returned it. Uh, Was it Turpin, I think, is the guy? It was was the the USFL guy. The USFL guy. guy. So, anyway... um, Yeah, Cavante Turpin. So, I like... Look, I like the 49ers to win the whole thing because... Half, half this game is not beating yourself, and I don't see the 49ers necessarily doing that. And sometimes you have to have a little luck your way, too, and that was where that George Kittle catch came in. Like, how does he, A, have the control of that ball to pull it and the awareness to do it, and then have Cowboys miss him? Because that was the biggest thing. I forgot who it was. I forgot the Cowboy who was there. Imagine if he hit him while he was in the process of trying to get that ball. It's not a catch. He gets blown up. ball goes elsewhere. So sometimes you just get the breaks, man. Give you our hot and cold from the weekend, shall we? We've discussed a whole bunch of stuff from the weekend. Spent a good chunk of time on NC State, Carolina, NFL divisional action as we get ready for the conference championship games. Some of the things might slip through the cracks, so we'll give you our hot and colds. Jillio, your hot of the weekend. My hot goes to Maryland Eastern Shore.
0: Okay, the UMEZ. Hawks. Who? Exactly. <laughs> because not what the 5th place team in the MEAC did this weekend. Oh no. Yumis beat Temple 86-78 back on December 20th. Temple on Sunday, Temple who's 12 and 9 on the season by the way, knocked off number 1 Houston 56-55. So any any good win for Temple is a good win for Yumis. The Miak.
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh, My hot of the weekend goes to Shannon Sharp, (coughs) the Fox Sports One host. Undisputed was at a Lakers game, uh, featuring the Grizzlies, and he decided, uh, through some jawing back and forth with Dylan Brooks and John Morant, that he wanted to, as he would say, give them that smoke that they did not want. Apparently, he also got into it with John Morant's dad, T. Morant. But there's one thing that's missing from all the stuff that came out of the weekend's kerfuffle. And by the way, Shannon Sharp apologized today on on Undisputed, saying, "Look, I was at a line, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. But when he gave a quote to Dave McMenamin of ESPN, he named names. But there was one name that was missing. He was like, Dylan, "Dylan Brooks doesn't want this smoke. John Morant doesn't want the Morants don't want this smoke. I was giving it to him. Blah 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 blah." You know whose name was not invoked in the whole smoke giveth taketh? A certain ACC legend. Uh, Steve Adams. Apparently, Shannon Sharp did not want that smoke. This devolved into an interesting debate on social media on Saturday about who would actually win in a fight. Now look, man. Shannon Sharp, I think, can take a lot of those dudes. But I I don't want anything with the long-haired, crazy uh, Steve Adams, man. Nope. Absolutely not. In terms of height... And some of the fights I've seen that guy, or at least some of the the physical play that I've seen Steve Adams take part in. What's your cold of the weekend? My cold, unfortunately, goes to 23-year-old
0: PGA Tour golfer Davis Thompson. He set a PGA record in the first two rounds, Joe, with five eagles in the American Express. He was the 36-hole leader, and he lost by one stroke Mm -hmm. because on the 71st hole, the second-to-last hole, the penultimate hole of the tournament... He attempted a 50-foot putt from the green. This is important that it was from the green. Instead of having his caddy, you know, tend the pin, he decides to leave the pin in. The putt rolls to the hole, hits the pin, and bounces out. He ends up losing to John Rom by one stroke. Joe, this is what the caddy's for. Yeah, I know. Like, even if you like the pin, because he said he likes pin on longer putts, well, keep it in so you can see, but then have your caddy stand right there and pull it out before it gets there. Brutal.
1: This is not This is not hard. Brutal. Brutal. My cold of the weekend goes to Sebastian Ajo. Fishy? Why? Not that Sebastian Ajo. Oh, the other, the other. other Sebastian Ajo. We, okay. had, we had Ajo v. Ajo. In the Canes-Islanders game, uh, Sabat- our Sebastian Ajo could be a hot of the weekend because he had a natural hatch. Yeah, there. okay, with the empty netter at the end. No, 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 the cold of the weekend goes to the other Sebastian Aho, who got posterized by our Sebastian Ajo. I think on one of the goals, it was a deflection off of Aho, the islanders Aho. So think about that. Mind blown. Sebastian Ajo scores a goal on a deflection off of Aho. What? And I think the other goal was a turnover by Aho that resulted in our Aho scoring his second goal. This, Dennis, you follow hockey. You know
0: hockey rules better than we do. Yeah, I do. Does hockey have, like, the special teams rules where you can, like, put a different jersey on for just for, like, the penalty kill or the power play? Because nah, nah. I would love for the Canes to sign the other Ajo mm-hmm. and then, like, just play jersey tricks. Like like this year with ECU with their punter and their yes. quarterback. At this, and yes. I kept going the whole game, like... Why is their punter wearing the same number as the quarterback? She,
2: Imagine if there were two handles. Ajos
0: and two number twenties. That'd be crazy. It'd be nuts. That'd be crazy.
1: Yeah. So I felt I didn't feel bad for the other Sebastian Aho, but clearly
0: well, we, we have. The we better already Ajo. know you can't win the cup without a hoe.
1: This is true. We'll see, we'll see if it. We'll see if the Carolina Hurricanes can actually make that happen. All right. That's your hot and cold of the weekend. Uh, later on this week. We'll get back into the NFL as we get ready for the championship rounds. One thing that came out of the NFL weekend uh, outside of the actual results and everybody having their hot takes is the NFL getting pushback on this potential move to play conference championship games at neutral sites. Look, man, the I, I've, I've been calling this shot since it first entered into the discussion following what happened with DeMar Hamlin on a Monday night football game towards the end of the season. Once the NFL understood that there would be demand for a neutral site title game weekend, both in the AFC and the NFC, it's a wrap. It's not lost on me that going into the weekend, they released a statement talking about the 500, I'm sorry, the 50,000 tickets that they had already sold, which gets us to the Joe Burrow, get your refunds quote, right? But the NFL absolutely sees the blood in the water here and ultimately the fan is going to pay for this because the coolness of home field advantage like what we saw in Buffalo which went away but a cool snow game all that's going to go away for the sanitary stagnant nature of playing games in the Mercedes Benz Dome in Atlanta like they originally intended and I say bring it on I welcome Joe the neutral site games Josh Allen's still going to win those games that's the problem that's the mistake you're making doesn't have to doesn't have to. Besides, you 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 you, cha- you literally traded your allegiances I before did. the playoffs. Well, it was Von Miller. It was all about Von Miller to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Your partner in real estate.